It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Denmark's Players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Denmark's squad for the 2022 World Cup. of the podcast and uh, so we're going to go back to some of our discussion notes from the uh, beginning of the podcast so these were takeaways from the um, uh, previous podcast that we did and uh, these are kind of focused on the team or the squad so we said that they do well if they reach the tournament I won't repeat all of that stuff here But uh, generally, if they reach the tournament, they tend to do well in the tournament. So a good sign for them uh, getting past the group stage here. Uh, They've been at a peak of form since 2016. Um, We talked a bit about that too. And we also talked about them being galvanized by the injury or uh, the heart attack of uh, Christian Eriksen. That seemed to bring them together in the 2020 uh, Euro Cup and uh, they are a pretty tight team and that was half of my reason for saying that not only a tight team but um, uh, brought together by that difficulty uh, now throughout the player by player podcast we've noted that a lot of players uh, have been with Brentford in England so actually Brentford is uh, owned by um, uh, by a person, he's actually a bit of a mysterious figure called Matthew Benham. Uh, and Matthew Benham also owns the Danish club of Mittyland. Uh, in addition to that, the manager of Brentford is Danish, so he's bringing in uh, a lot of Danish players, kind of calling uh, calling them together, as it were. So we have... Um, seven Danes who are on the roster now and then a few more of them like Christian Eriksen uh, have come and gone uh, so it almost feels like a little Denmark uh, in the Premier League there and this uh, creates further tightness as a national team since the players are playing with each other and training with each other uh, all the time so um, a call to arms at Brentford um, Perhaps helping the team, um, uh, perhaps helping the team's performance. And finally, when we were looking at formations, we noted that their preferred setup is a whoops, I got that wrong here uh, on the graphic is a three, four, uh, two, one. So three at the back, uh, four, um, uh, so two central midfielders and two wingers on the defensive end of the midfield and then two uh, attacking midfielders on the right and left side and one forward. Uh, so it sometimes does vary. We've seen a, a 4-1-4-1 and a 4-3-3. And we've also recently seen a formation that uh, was a 4-2-3-1 and allowed Christian Eriksen to play as an attacking midfielder. And since he came back in March, uh, I wonder if they might try out that formation a little bit too, rather than having him play out of position. 
Uh, okay, well, actually, that was the uh, notes section for the club. Uh, we've mentioned uh, the, all of their clubs in the play-by-play, -play, in the player-by-player -player, uh, discussion, but we'll just kind of summarize it here. So we have quite a few players playing abroad. In fact, most of them uh, kind of play for Bronby or Copenhagen and then uh, try to move on to a bigger club uh, in Europe. So we have uh, Kasper Schmeichel, who was playing for Leicester City, now has moved on to Nice in France. Um, but Yannick Vestergaard remains at Leicester City. And, uh, you know, these aren't necessarily the top English clubs, but they are near the top. Andreas Christensen was with Chelsea, uh, which uh, is kind of a top English club. Uh, but we do have um, Martin Braithwaite. Uh, he was with Barcelona, I think. Uh, he moved on. Uh, to Espanol in Spain. So actually, it kind of seems like some of them have, uh, uh, some of the aging players have kind of moved on from uh, some of the bigger clubs too. Uh, but nevertheless, big clubs in Spain, Italy, um, Ajax in the Netherlands, uh, um, but perhaps not the biggest clubs in those countries, but more like the uh, second tier uh, Second-tier teams in those countries, um, in a lot of cases. Okay, uh, let's move on from that. So, a pretty good club affiliation, but I wouldn't say uh, as good as, say, some of the French team, uh, uh, some of the other teams that are in this cup. Nevertheless, uh, their good club affiliation is part of the reason that they've been doing uh, better, we saw a peak of form since 2016. So uh, part of the reason they've been doing better. Okay, well, if you've listened to other podcasts, you'll know I'm running uh, kind of some statistics on uh, the teams as we go through them. So um, one of the things we've been looking at is how many players have been called up since 2020 or kind of how many players are on the table uh, for Denmark to be dealing with. And we've seen some uh, countries, Mexico and USA, for example, uh, still uh, have a, a more than 60 players that they have uh, on the table. But Denmark, not so many at 45. In fact, it's it's lower than average. The average is 53. So a manageable number of players um, for uh, Denmark. And then the uh, total number of players kind of under more serious consideration is uh, 34. So they have to reduce the squad to 26. So that would mean that uh, eight of the players that we con uh, considered would have to be uh, dropped from the team. And again, the average there is uh, 36. So they are uh, slightly below uh, average and it shouldn't be hard for them to uh, reduce the team to 26 players. Finally, we have uh, kind of definite candidates or likely candidates. And for Denmark, that's 19. So 19 players seem certain to reach the cup. There's always a couple of surprises, uh, late players coming in or maybe players getting injured. So, uh, you know, 
basically if we minus 34 from 19 they have to add seven of those 15 players to come up with their final squad and uh, give or take a couple for um unusual circumstances like players showing great form in the in the in the three weeks before the cup or something like that so a uh, pretty manageable situation for the danish manager uh there some teams uh really have a headache in terms of selection uh the actual number of definite or likely candidates is lower than average uh 22 seems to be uh the average but uh it looks like in in central defense or among the forwards for example that um still a few decisions to be made okay moving on to their average age um Denmark has an average age of 26.8, so that is uh, a little on the high end, um, but kind of in range, 25 to 27 uh, is average, and they uh, are a little bit uh, on the high end of that. So we have um, uh, Kasper Schmeichel at 35 years old, and Simon Kerr and Daniel Walsh, both 33, so they're getting up there, and in all we have 10 players who are 30 or older, so that is 10 of the uh, uh, 34 players in the uh, possible uh, likely or definite category. On the other end of the scale, we only have uh, four players who are 22 years old or younger and seven that are 23 years old or younger. So they tend to be a, a bit of an older team. Uh, and it looks like they'll probably have to do a bit of refreshment after the World Cup because I imagine some of these players uh, uh, will be retiring uh, after the World Cup. Uh, their average number of caps kind of goes hand in hand with that. So uh, they are at 31.7. Oh, sorry, I didn't write the uh, average age. So uh, 26.8 uh, for the average age, 31.7 for the average number of caps, and that's... Uh, a bit higher than um, average, which is 29.5. So it makes sense if the team is a bit older, they have a few caps. Now, I don't consider uh, Denmark a, a high-scoring team, but actually the stats here uh, are quite high. They have 139 goals among those 34 players, and the average is 4.2 for player per player. So both of those are... Uh, actually uh higher than average which surprised me um i guess uh, in euro qualification they have been scoring uh quite a bit um i'd have to look specifically at their tournaments but i don't consider them a very high scoring team um but if we look at their forwards i did uh, talk in the player by player about uh some of the forwards kind of not delivering the number of goals that they should uh christian erickson has a goal ratio of 33%, which is quite good. Uh, he's not a center forward, though. He's more of an attacking midfielder. And uh, we have, um, surprisingly, uh, the uh, left back, uh, uh, Joachim Mile, uh, at 31%. So that's an incredible ratio uh, for a left back. He has nine goals in 29 games. And... Uh, right attacking midfielder Andreas Skov Olsen uh, the reason he's kind of uh, taken over that position is his good goal ratio at 33 
uh, percent also, so seven goals in 21 games. Um, uh, Jonas Wind has five goals in 15 games, so not really enough games to uh, to say that he's a high scorer, but that's pretty good. But he's the only one among the forwards who have uh, that kind of a ratio. So again, I was surprised that Kasper Dahlberg uh, wasn't used more after a good performance in the Euro Cup. He's at 28.5% uh, in terms of goals. Uh, and I guess the, the reason that they're uh, number of goals is quite good uh, is because they do tend to get goals from all over the field rather than from their centre forwards. So the centre forwards not really scoring as much as they should be, but uh, other players uh, scoring, we saw the left defender uh, there with uh, quite a few more goals than defenders usually get. And uh, even Thomas Delaney, a central midfielder, um, uh, chipping in uh, with goals and Hoiberg uh, kind of goals from all over the field for Denmark. So actually that looks good because uh, um, they didn't, didn't seem a, a high-scoring team uh, in my mind. Okay, let's look at some players and issues. So uh, one I mentioned with Kasper Schmeichel, he's played all of their games in and since the um, Euro Cup. So um, while that's good, uh, I wonder if it's uh, if it has a bad side in that the backup keepers aren't getting enough uh, field time with the national team. So what I worry there is if Schmeichel has an injury or some problem uh, that the backup keepers are not very experienced, um, especially with the national team. So perhaps a bit of an over-reliance on Kasper Schmeichel as the keeper. Um, the central defence has been rotating, especially since Simon Kerr uh, was injured. We're not dead sure about Kerr's situation, but it looks like he would uh, come back before the Cup. And that would kind of make uh, uh, four central defenders rotating uh, three positions, because they usually use a three-man back line. So uh, um, how is that going to be uh, in the Cup? Will it be kind of a consistent group? Or uh, will there be more rotation? So uh, my guess is that Vestergaard uh, would be the one to go from the starting lineup uh, if Simon Kerr returns. But they do have other players kind of coming into those, uh, coming into that central defence. Uh, sometimes a left back or a right back. Um, in the middle of the field, they, they they were pretty steady with Hoiberg and Delaney. Um, in the Euro Cup and I believe in World Cup qualifying, but since then they've kind of uh, rotated quite a few players in and out of the central midfielder. So just a question as to whether uh, Norgard or Jensen uh, have made inroads into the team and will make up part of that central defense, uh, central midfield. Will it be kind of a rotating position or a steady pairing there? Um, uh, we've seen that uh, on the wings, it's mostly the defensive, uh, the defensive backs, the right back and left back, who are moving up uh, to play in the winger role. So that three-four-two-one uh, formation, which they've used uh, more than more than other formations, 
uh, has these outside backs playing as wingers, uh, but it doesn't actually allow for the central attacking midfielder, um, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, is this uh, a decision they've come to? Um, that they'll go within the cup or will they change up the position in the cup? Well, they did change up the position once recently in the Nations League um, to make a central attacking midfielder position, which is Christian Eriksen's uh, nominated position. He's kind of been wandering around the field a couple of times as a, as a right central midfielder. Uh, and once, I think, as a uh, attacking left midfielder, but his actual position is an attacking midfielder, uh, probably in the centre. So uh, will they change up that formation to allow for his position to uh, to be used? And finally, um, in the in the forward line, uh, who is going to be the starting centre forward? So Casper uh, Dolberg did well in the Euro Cup, but then wasn't uh, used much after that. And they've gone with um, um, Cornelius and uh, sometimes Wind. Uh, neither of those have particularly uh, strong scoring records as a centre forward. So uh, I, I feel like they're kind of still looking for uh, a starting centre forward. Um, in this case, they've also used uh, Braithwaite in that position and uh, Poulsen. I don't think I mentioned in the player by player, but Poulsen uh, has been starting as centre forward uh, actually more than anyone else. But again, he's a right winger and uh, not kind of an out and out forward. So uh, a bit of a um, question as to who will be the starting centre forward. Let's look at some of their new players coming in. Actually, most of them haven't made. Uh, solid inroads into the team since the Euro Cup, although a couple of them, uh, a couple of players uh, who got their start in the Euro Cup are now solidly in the team, uh, uh, like Joachim Mail, the uh, left back. Uh, Christian, uh, 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 sorry, Rasmus Christiansen has made inroads. We we've, think he's going to be a definite candidate to reach the Cup. Uh, to reach the final squad, but not necessarily a starter on that final squad. But uh, he's a new name to the team uh, who has made fairly good inroads. Alexander Barr, uh, just a possible candidate. And actually, all of the ones I'll mention from here on in are just possible candidates. So they've played uh, some games for the Cup, but haven't really uh, secured a position for themselves. Uh, Philip Billing with Bournemouth in England. Uh, is a possible candidate who would be new to the squad. Jacob Brun Larsen, a left winger. Uh, I think he started a couple of times as an attacking uh, midfielder. Um, again, hasn't really made his way into the squad. Uh, but all of these uh, have, have fairly good club affiliations. Alexander Bart, for example, plays for uh, Denmark. Rasmus Christiansen for Leeds United. Um, Brun Larsen plays for Hoffenheim and Mohamed Darami is with Ajax in uh, um, Netherlands. Uh, he's new to the squad and uh, is a left winger but uh, hasn't really secured a spot for himself so just a possible candidate. And finally uh, Jasper Lindstrom, uh, an attacking midfielder 
who plays for Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany, uh, making his way into the squad. So these uh, uh, are some of the younger players. Um, Mohamed Darmi, the youngest, just 20 years old. In terms of injury, uh, Simon Carr has a, a muscle injury, so the captain of the team and um, uh, one of the starting central defenders until his injury. Uh, he got a muscle injury and uh, wasn't available for the games in June. He also didn't play for his clubs in June, but I think he may have played for his club uh, since then, uh, which leads me to think that he will be back uh, um, in time for the World Cup. But a muscle injury for Simon Carr, so a bit of a doubt now. So we will update this in the update podcast. Uh, Yusuf Coulson uh, also was out with a muscle injury um, for the last match there in June. But uh, last I checked, he was <laughs> listed as having influenza rather than a muscle injury, so it wouldn't take him three months to recover from that. So uh, Yusuf Poulsen will presumably uh, be back and available for the World Cup um, too, but he did uh, he did um, miss the last match there in June. And uh, finally, and perhaps a bit more seriously, Jonas Wind. Uh, and this is a recent thing, I think it was in August uh, that he picked up this hamstring injury and has an unknown return date. And I have seen uh, players return fairly quickly from hamstring injuries, so there seem to be different kinds. But uh, in my mind, a hamstring injury is kind of a longer-term injury, and because he has an unknown return date, it uh, looks like uh, probably among the three players we've talked about, the least likely of those uh, to be available for the cup. But of course, uh, as a likely candidate, they'll be hoping that uh, he'll recover from, from that. Okay, let's go through some of the notable absences here. And I'm thinking here in terms of people who follow the team from World Cup to World Cup. So I'm including... Uh, uh, you know, uh, players or people who were involved in the last World Cup but haven't been that much involved soon. It may be that they were involved in Euro 2020 or else were off the team even by that time. But we begin with their manager. And uh, sorry about the pronunciation, but uh, is it Age Harid? Um, he was the manager for the 2020, uh, sorry, the 2018 World Cup, but was replaced in, in 2020. So uh, he is no longer with them. Jonas Lossel was the backup keeper in the 2018 uh, World Cup and 2020 Euro Cup, but uh, he seems to have been replaced now, uh, last appearing in September 2021. So it doesn't look like he'll be playing backup to Kasper Schmeichel there. Uh, in the player-by-player, -player, we talked about Matthias Jorgensen or Zanka uh, Jorgensen. He's still playing at the club level for Brentford, where quite a few Danish players are. But as far as the national team goes, he hasn't appeared since the 2021 uh, Euro Cup. Uh, Henrik Dalsgaard uh, also. Um, no longer on the team. He last appeared in November 2020. He was a starter in the 2018 World Cup, but wasn't uh, selected for the uh, Euro 2020 Cup there. 
Uh, William Christ, we actually didn't talk about him in the player-by-player -player, uh, review, but uh, William Christ uh, was on the team from 2007 to 18 and had 84 caps with the national team. And he was a starter in the 2018 World Cup, but uh, he got injured uh, in game one in that tournament, so basically was out uh, for the rest of the tournament. Um, actually, that was a nasty foul by Peru's Jefferson Farfain, I remember it, uh, that left him with two broken ribs and a punctured lung. Uh, and really, um, he did play after that, but uh, um, no, he didn't play after that. The World Cup was his last uh, his last tournament there at 33 years old. Uh, Lassie Schoen uh, with Denmark from 2009 to 21 with 51 caps, but he last appeared in March 2021. Uh, so he was on the World Cup squad in 2018, but not in uh, the Euro 2020 squad. And uh, we did talk about Pioni Sisto, who we actually have as a possible but unlikely candidate uh, for this cup. Um, uh, he was a starter in the World Cup, although he lost his starting position there in 2018, and he wasn't selected for Euro 2020, but he did play uh, a few games after Euro uh, 2020, So, uh, or he was called up a couple of times, I should say. He only subbed in uh, for one game as far as field time goes. And finally, we have Nikolai Jorgensen, um, uh, I consider him kind of part of their ongoing search uh, for a starting forward. So he's still playing uh, in Denmark. Uh, no, he's he's unattached right now, still playing at the club level. But uh, he's only 31 years old, but has been uh, off the team since uh, June 2019. So uh, he was a starter in the World Cup, but he lost his starting position there. So... Uh, all of those players, none of them uh, kind of huge losses uh, to the team there. Some of them veterans with the team for a long time, but none of them real superstars for the team uh, in that notable absence category. Okay, we're going to just finish off here by uh, going back over the squad and predicting starters for the squad. And, uh, yeah, we, we used to predict substitutes, but now... Uh, we kind of think anyone who's named as a likely candidate, but uh, a likely or definite candidate, but not a starter, um, you know, will obviously be a substitute. So, so we won't uh, spend too much time talking about substitutes. But I will name the definite and possible candidates, and then uh, predict the, the starter among them if I can. So, manager Casper Hulmund. Uh, um, we doubt they'll change their manager before uh, the World Cup here, so it looks like he'll be leading them through the World Cup. We'll we'll call him a starter. Casper uh, Schmeichel will definitely be the starter, and if he isn't, they're going to have a bit of a problem because they don't have any uh, likely candidates. They haven't really developed a backup keeper for the national team, so a couple of possible candidates there. Uh, but no no likely candidates to mention, and Casper uh, Michael as the starter there. Uh, central defenders is usually a three-man uh, back line, and it's, it's kind of been rotated around four players. That's partly because of the injury to uh, Captain Simon Kerr, 
Um, and so uh, my guess is that uh, Simon Kerr will return, so I'm going to call him a starter. Andreas Christiansen has probably been the most consistent um, as far as uh, starts go. And I'm going to say Joachim Anderson uh, as the starter, and I think uh, Simon Kerr will replace Yannick Vestergaard, although I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's rotated a bit and Yannick Vestergaard does get a couple of starts. Uh, so those are the four candidates. Um, Andreas Christensen is definite, Yannick Vestergaard and Joachim Anderson is likely, and Simon Kerr as possible because of his injury, and uh, because he didn't play any games in June. Although really, I secretly think that he is a uh, likely to definite candidate, depending on fitness. Left back, uh, we have just one definite candidate, uh, Joachim, uh, uh, Joachim Mayle. So he has uh, nailed down that position, and there's no, uh, there is a, a backup uh, possible candidate. But um, to be honest, when when it's not Joachim Mail, it's usually someone playing out of position uh, rather than the the uh, possible candidate who's a left back. So maybe someone like uh, Jens uh, Stryger Larsen, who we. Uh, okay, I'll go back to uh, right-back position. So we have Rasmus Christiansen as a definite candidate uh, to make the squad, but I don't think he's um, necessarily a starter for the squad. So I'm going to nominate Daniel Wass as the as the starter there. And uh, Jen Stryger-Larsen, who is also a likely candidate, uh, I think he'll play backup as a lash-back uh, rather than being a starter as a right back. But I don't think um, either he or Rasmus Christensen uh, are starters. Uh, in the defensive midfielder, um, we have Christian Norgard as a possible candidate to make the team. I'm actually pretty sure he will make the team uh, because uh, they sometimes use him as a more defensive central midfielder, uh, but not a starter. Uh, I think the starting central midfielder will be the definite candidates of central midfielder, Thomas Delaney and uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. I would even put uh, Hoiberg ahead of Delaney there. Um, and we also have a likely candidate in Matthias Jensen, uh, but I don't see him as a starter. Uh, they have a shocking, uh, shockingly few left midfielders, right midfielders. Um, and none of those uh, look like starters. And as far as left wingers and right wingers go, they've been using them more as le as as attacking midfielders or outside forwards. Uh, but we do have a couple of candidates who look like starters there. Mikel Dansgaard is a, a left winger who we consider definite, and I do see him as a starter. I'm not so sure, though, about Yusuf Poulsen. Actually, if he is a starter, I see him more likely as starting in the centre-forward role than in the left-winger position that he's designated for. But I'm not confident enough to, to uh, say that he will be a starter. Uh, I think he will start some games, but I kind of think it'll be rotated. Um, trying to look for a good performer. On the uh, right side, though, the right attacking midfielder, Andreas Skov Olsen has done a fabulous job of locking down the position since the Euro Cup. He, he wasn't um, 
uh, a starter in the Euro Cup. Now I'm trying to think of whether he was in the Euro Cup at all. Um, but anyway, he's uh, he's done very well uh, coming into the position. So um, uh, he kind of locked down that position. I think he'll be a starter. And uh, attacking midfielder, Christian Eriksen. Well, they haven't really been using the attacking midfielder uh, position that much. Uh, and yet, I, uh, how can you not put Christian Eriksen uh, on the field as a starter? Uh, so I think he'll be somewhere, although a bit of doubt as to the formation and where he will actually be. And then among the forwards, uh, we do have like a definite candidate in Andreas Cornelius. I think he might start a game or two, but I don't think he's what they're uh, hoping for in a centre forward. And... Um, we have likely candidates in Martin Braithwaite, who actually plays as a, played as a right attacking midfielder more, and Jonas Wind, who's an injury doubt. But I, I'm not confident enough to say either of those are starters. Uh, after the World Cup or after the Euro 2020, I would have guessed Kasper Dolberg, but to my surprise, they didn't use him that much as a forward. So I think they'll be searching uh for their starting center forward and i can't uh, nominate any of these forwards or yusuf poulsen um who sometimes starts there as the starter so i think i think that's up in the air perhaps depending on the form of these players as they come into the cup so we may be able to provide a bit of an update uh when we do our update podcast in in november but from right now it, it looks more like um um, uh, an uncertainty. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast of uh, Denmark's players. And um, as I just said, we will be updating in uh, uh, November as new information comes out. They're going to publish preliminary rosters and then reduce that to uh, final rosters. So we'll probably do the podcast uh uh, when the final rosters come out. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us uh, at Soccer Files Canada. That is Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our Soccer Files, uh, our website is written there on soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And uh, I've been improving the show notes, so uh, you can use the show notes to find links and information and uh, navigation through this podcast. So thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.